Are you ready for the ultimate date night experience? Introducing conversations with the Rubens, where you can learn from and interact with some incredible individuals in relationship. This week, we're joined by three other incredible marriages for a special episode of Conversations with the Rubens and Into the Deep Talk Show. We will be discussing everything from marriage relationship, love, and together we will learn how you can improve our relationship and love. Don't wait any longer. Create a meaningful moment today and click below to get ready to embark on a journey of meaningful conversation. You think being meek is weak, huh? Try being meek for a week. Ain't that right, Shaq? Good evening, good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Into the Deep. Amen. Tonight is a special night. We are collaborating with Combos with the Rubens. So come on. We have this is a special night. This is a special episode. This is our Valentine's Day special. So we're gonna we're so we're gonna be talking about love, marriage, God, all of it. Alright. So tonight our goal is to bring people from the local community together to give their inspiration about God, love, and marriage. We're going to have a discussion all about relationship. All right? So, with no further ado, we're just going to go right into it. We're going to introduce our guest. We're going to start from the right. (laughs) Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Rubin. And I'm married to this lady, Margot. Hello, everyone. My name is Jose, a.k.a. Jazzy Joe. We are here with the Convos, um, Convos with the Rubies, and we are so excited to be collaborating with Into the Deep on tonight. Amen. Awesome, man. That's that's amazing. Anyway, uh, hello, everybody watching. (laughs) My name is Edmundo Cepedo, my lovely wife right here, my lovely baby. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, we're the worship pastors at Destiny Church in Orange, and it's, it's an honor to be here tonight just to share about the love, and yeah, it's going to be awesome. Hello, my name is Marissa Acevedo, and this is my husband. Um, we are Destiny Church, and we have been together for almost four years. All right, that is our guest, amen. And if you know, if you've been a part of Into the Deep, you know that we have icebreakers. But since we have couples with us, it's a little bit different. All right, so the first icebreaker, 
if you're normally with us, you know it's three questions. But tonight, it is how I met my wife. <laughs> so, who would like to go first? Which one? I'll go first. All right. <laughs> oh, man, this is awesome. Anyway, uh, oh, yeah, I was at a church. I live in Groves, or that area, Fort Hitch and Groves area. And it's called a gathering place, awesome place. And uh, I remember uh, God led us there to this beautiful church, like I said, and I remember she was just worshiping on stage. And I remember uh, just as the time went by, as we stayed there, as the Lord brought us there, you know, more and more stayed there, and uh, the Lord just kept highlighting her. <laughs> Started having uh, dreams about her, but I better have that church so the gathering place. And the God just kept hearing me dreams about her, and just, you know, he started prompting me, like, you know, reach out to her and stuff like that, and uh, we started conversating more and more, you know, texting and stuff like that. And anyway, yes, that's kind of just, uh, you know, a little summary of it all, but I better have that church to gather in place though, to a little baby worship. And that's really all my attention to her. Awesome. All right. Mr. Ruben. So my story is kind of different. <laughs> we met on a missed phone call. I dialed the wrong number. Oh, wow. I'm trying to find out it was the right number. I know, right? Come on. Amen. Can we give you what? 22 almost? This may be 22 years. Wow. Oh, gosh. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Next icebreaker is the word game all right so the word game is where the wife will tell will say three words to describe their husband so since david started david go okay first i do want to say um i did not say what, what church we're from so i do want to apologize but that we are from grady grace temple church in beaumont texas with our pastor Superintendent, Emeritus Superintendent R.N. Robinson and First Lady Dorothy Robinson. And we do give honor to God because he is the head of our lives. But three words that describe your describe your power. Okay. <laughs> protector. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a protector, not only of me, but of his whole family. Um He likes to have fun. Um, he likes. He's a joker. He likes to have fun and joke. Um, and the third is he's a lover. Okay. I love him and I fight. There you go. It's a kingdom. Come on. Awesome. I would say three words, which I could go on and on about my husband, but. I had to pick three words that describe my husband. I would say he loves like Jesus. Mm. Um, just because like when I met him, he he's he's always been on fire for the Lord. And one word that would describe him would be a lover. And so how I fell in love with him was I would see him worshiping and loving Jesus like no one I'd ever seen before. And so that 
that really um, pulled my heart towards him. And so he loves like Jesus like nobody else. All right. All right. And on to the final icebreaker. Final, final icebreaker. It's called the marriage enrichment. All right. So what the marriage enrichment is, it, it talk, it's about marriage is a commitment, not a comparison. Now, this is the marriage version of this or that. All right. So I'm going to ask these couple three questions. And they're going to tell me, is it the husband or the wife? All right. So the first one is, who said I love you first? Me. <laughs> no doubt. Okay. All right. Second one is, who picks the movie television series to watch? Just say it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd say we can go on and on. We'll sit there for time and just like, it takes about 30 minutes, you know, yes, before we decide to watch what we're going to watch. By the time, you know, we choose what we're going to watch with, it's time for night time. It's time for bed, right? Next one is, who is the best driver? Definitely not me. Definitely not me. Of course, he thinks he is. But, yeah. Well, if I listen to her coming out here, we'd be on the other side of Conversate about these topics. The first topic is the making of a power couple. All right. And the making of a power couple. When you think of power couple, many people think of the secular world power couple, and the one per people that come to mind is Beyonce and Jay Z. Them or Barack and Michelle? Just a little. If I had to choose, it would be them. Yeah. Okay. Who do you think is a power couple? Who would you say is a power couple? 
I mean, I just don't look at the secular world like that. I go to the Word. You know, I I go to what we should be living by. Mm -hmm. Um, That's why I I don't have nothing against Barack and Obama. I I mean, Barack and I love them dearly. But they're not my God. Beyonce and Jay-Z is definitely not my God. You know, not even nothing to me. Um, So, in some marriages, that's some of the problems. They're looking at the wrong people. Mm -hmm. Looking up to the wrong things and instead of looking into the right thing, you know, is here for a reason. Right. You know, um, so one thing I love about when me and my husband first got married, we read the whole book of Proverbs from the day one that we got married until we got through it. And then we also had a marriage Bible that was one of our gifts that we read as well. And then we went back and read the whole book of Psalms. And as a newlywed, every newlywed should read Proverbs. Because if you don't know, we'll read it to you. <laughs> no, you're right. I agree with that. Like a lot of people do look at substance as power. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not what power truly is. But I agree with her. It's true. Like it's truly about just getting falling in love with Jesus more and more daily. You know, together, of course, you know, together reading the word, you know, worshiping, you know, praying, encouraging one another. And, uh, and if you want to see power come, I'll just say it's that, like, truly, like, two people that are one but loving Jesus together with everything they have. It's true, power is not substance. If anything's power, truly, is Jesus. It's loving Jesus, love. You know, it's devotion, commitment. And, uh, but yeah, that's really good. That's awesome. That was great because that's a great segue into. The next part, the a love triangle. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> the love triangle and the making of a power couple has to have the love triangle. The love triangle is God, husband, and wife, right? And yeah. if we focus on this love triangle, it wouldn't be we wouldn't have a lot of arguments about who's over who. Because when you think about a triangle, you know a triangle has three points and three sides. Now, the point at the top is God, mm-hmm. and the t- other two points is husband and wife. These two points are linear. They're on the same playing field, right? They're reaching each other, but they're also, but there's another point going up to God. So. I love geometry. <laughs> and the thing about it is the as they connect them to God, the closer they get, the closer they'll get to God. The closer they get to God, the closer they'll get to each other. So anyway, love that, that that's good, man. I think too. Like I, I also think too about like stuff like that. It's like, man, like it's important for married like for married people in your relationships, like for them also to have like their uh, individual relationship with Jesus, like not so much of like the whole like, hey, let's do everything together, you know, mm-hmm. come together for Jesus. But at the same time, it's important for us. Like, I never want to be Jesus to my wife. That's right. Mm-hmm. I never right. want her Amen. to be Jesus to me. Yeah. Like, I want to be Jesus. Not saying we all we encourage one another. Yes, of course. You know, I share a relationship with her all the time. But 
but it's about like truly, I think it's important, like the love triangle, you know, not just saying, hey, yes, we're gonna be together, we're gonna be together, but at the same time, like it's important for us also to get relation or intimacy with Jesus for ourselves, you know. So I don't become the provider in her eyes once I know the provider's God. I don't become, you know, the protector that I am, but God's yeah, it's everything, but at the same time, you know, but yeah. So I wanted to add to that. So um, like you were saying about, you know, it's great for couples to get together and to, to read and seek the Lord with each other, but our identity is found in Him and Him alone. So whenever we, as sons and daughters, are in the secret place with Him, that's where we find who we are. We find who we are when we get in Him. And so those things are great. Like, we seek the Lord together, but there's something about you getting alone in the secret place with the Lord. And that's where, you, that's where you find who you are. And I also wanted to add, when he talks about the provider, I told him whenever we met, like, we both, well, when I do start working, <laughs> um, we both will, you know, bring income to family. But I did tell my husband when I met him, he is not my, my sole provider. You know, God is my sole provider. And so whenever we go through things, you know, we, we lean and we trust on the Lord and him alone, you know. And um, he works really hard, but I don't lean on my husband to, to be our ultimate provider. You know, the Lord is always our ultimate provider. That's awesome. Well, you know, um, first first thing, before me and my husband got married, what we did was we put on paper what we will bring in our marriage and what we won't bring in our marriage. And the first thing we agreed on is we definitely have God in the midst of our marriage. He will lead and guide us. And what we won't bring in our marriage and what we won't do was bring our past or compare our past with each other. But when you have God, you got the first no biblical through Ephesians, Colossians, and 1 Corinthians when it comes to that submitting. See, so many times, men like to throw that stuff, hey, the Bible said you got to submit to me. I'm your daddy. No, you ain't my daddy. You, you, you didn't, I didn't have him in your sperm. You didn't, you didn't make me. So don't come telling me, call me dad. I'm not going to call you dad because you ain't my dad. The only dad that I got is the one who, my, him and my mom got together and the one up above. Mm-hmm. And I don't allow him to call me my mom because I'm, mama, because I'm not his mom. You know, that's that's fleshly relationships. I, I don't dig stuff like I don't get I don't get down like that. But a lot of men, um, when you they hear wives submit to your husband, they they don't read the whole thing. They just read what they want to read. But they also have to know that husbands also have to submit to their wives by loving them like Christ loved the church. You know, so when you get into Ephesians and Colossians and First Corinthians and, and knowing that that triangle that God is uh, the head, and when you have those um, bumps or those, you know, um, potholes through the marriages or whatever, you know, when somebody's pulling left and you're saying, no, 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 we need to go right. You know, that's where God comes in and intercedes. And you look at each other and you're like, what, we, what, what, what was we arguing for 
we have a thing with um, since we've been married, whenever we would get lost, which was quite a few times, but he's been dropped by the way, so he said, we would crack up laughing because we would always thought that was the funniest thing because the first thing he would say, well, God decided to give us another venture. <laughs> you know, so he, we looked at it as God was doing two things. He was saving us from something that could have happened. And he was letting us see something new that we never saw before. So it's just the way you look at it. It's just the way you perceive at it. And we are equal. Yes, the man is the head of your household. But that man also has to be doing the right thing and has to love his wife like Christ loved the church. Even though if that man not doing right, yes, we as wives do have to be submissive. Because the Bible says a, a sanctified wife makes a sanctified husband. But also a sanctified husband makes a sanctified wife. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a lot of ways we can go into that. But when you can go to your husband or wife and the argument, that's one thing me and Miss Ruby decided not to do. That was one of the things we put on our papers, that we wouldn't argue. Mm. You know, um, when you come from relationships or um, being as a child, and that's all you heard with um, physical and mental abuse and, and things like that, it does something to you. It does something to you. And so um, I, I, I didn't want that. I vowed not to have that. And I had that in a previous marriage. And so the cursing and the mental abuse and the physical abuse, it just did something to me mentally. And I just vowed I'd never have that. You know, and so um, when we went into this relationship and we got married, it's going on 22 years, we can literally count on one hand how many times we actually have raised our voice at each other. And it's definitely not us. <laughs> I, I mean, I can tell you, because you know, it's been some times I've been going to go outside and say, you know, and things like that, and vice versa, because I know I get on the nerves sometimes, you know. But, you know, we just, you have to learn, cool off, take a walk, take a drive, whatever, and then come back and talk or whatever. And one thing that he doesn't allow me to do, because I do try, I have tried it before, is we don't go to be a man. That's what the word is saying. You know, and you have so many people, so many people and marriages and relationships that do that and you never know what happened and they never get a chance to say, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I apologize. That's my take on it. Bro, we're talking about this. <laughs> the love triangle. The love triangle. Like the prayer itself. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's good to pray, you know. Like I said, like like you said, give give your spouse some time by yourself to pray. Because mm -hmm. when she prays, and I'm not in that mood right now, <laughs> I just go on her side and let her have her time. Most of my time is praying when I'm driving to work in the mornings. That's when I pray. But at night, we sometimes we forget what we pray before we go to sleep. And so, that's all I got. <laughs> I like to like what you said there. It's true, man. Like, uh, it's easier to, for your wife to submit when you're loving like Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier, you know, you can say, people do maybe quote that scripture a lot, but I think it can be abused, but 
I think it's through this through your life will always submit when you love like Jesus. And the same thing for us. I, I submit to Jesus because he makes it easy because he loves me so well. But, you know, and I'll say this right now. Marriage was created to show the world how Jesus feels about us. Exactly. Like, and, and literally, like, she's able to submit to me because I love her well. But I'm able to submit to Jesus because he loves me well. And it's like, the, you know, just always a reflection of, you know, the, you know, the marriage in heaven. And stuff like that. I think that's why it is like you're saying the triangle. It's true. Like your marriage, and with him, we're all going to reflect your marriage here always, and no matter what. But yeah, that's that's good. That's awesome. Well, you know, the word says that the church is um, God's bride. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's what it. I mean. So if you don't know the roots, mm-hmm. how can that's you true. base a relationship yeah. on something you don't know? Yeah. yeah. So if you know. Worship is a moment with God. Like, it is where you can be able to understand His voice, know His voice. That way, when He speaks to you, you know when to move, you know what to do. Intimacy. Now, this is a twofold intimacy with God and intimacy with your spouse. Now, this isn't just sex. Intimacy is getting to know God. Like Marissa said earlier, when, when your identity is in God and when you get to know God, you get to know yourself. When, when you get to know the creator, you get to know the creation. That's it. That's it. Because the, be- the best person to go to for advice is the person who made it. That's it. Amen. And then intimacy with your spouse, getting to know your spouse, not just when you're dating, not just on a wedding night, but throughout your dating, getting to know your spouse. Never stop learning your spouse. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a piece of <laughs> You know, my husband explained to you all that we met by him dialing the wrong number. And when he dialed the wrong number, I didn't answer because I was at work. So he left a voicemail and said that your voice is sexy. If you ever want to talk to a stranger, call me back. Okay. Well, I was shy at the time. So I had a baby sister um, that was living at the time that dialed the number. And she said, girl, call that man back. It ain't like y'all don't get married. So she dialed the number and threw the phone to me. And I'm like, girl, I ain't trying to 
child in a horrible marriage. And I wouldn't dare. I was like, ooh, God himself will have to come and say, girl, come on, this is you. You know, and so I said the same thing to him because he didn't answer the phone. Well, he called me back, and we talked on the phone for three months before we even saw each other, knew what each other looked like or anything. And what I loved about that was neither one of us asked each other, what do you look like? What's your color? What type of hair do you have? What's your size? Come on, y'all. Y'all know the first thing a man asks for is, what you look like? Come on. I mean, really? He didn't ask, it did not come across our mind. We talked about everything but we became friends before we even knew each other. So when we did meet, it was like he had already, he had already told me, You're going to be my wife. And I said, Well, you don't even know me, right? He said, oh, yeah, you definitely going to be my wife. I was like, well, I ain't just sitting there, you know, I don't even get that from You know, he said, oh, yeah, you're going to be my wife. And he meant it. He meant it. So it just, it meant something to me because he already knew what he wanted before he saw it. That's the word saying when a man finds the wife. Mm. Come on now. He well, finds the good thing. Well, I prayed on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he said that. He said he had never been married. And so um, God definitely had to tell him, and he definitely showed him. And in so many ways, when he, this man came into my life, he literally turned it around. And I know it was nobody but God. I know it was nobody but God. And like I say, you know, going on 22 years, I wouldn't change it for nothing. That's awesome. Especially going, you know, meeting her and, like I say, changing lives. I had never been on a cruise, on a plane. The first I've been out of town was both of them, because I was living in my places in New Orleans. That was it. And we done been all over to Vegas. <laughs> oh, not to mention he knows the Lord now. Yes, because I stopped going to church and everything. I was praying, but I just couldn't, you know, didn't want to go to church. And then as soon as we got together, I started going to church like the week, the, the, the next week. Well, after you got married. No, before we got married. Okay. Because when the kids had a program, I said, I'll be there next week. And I've been going to church. So good. That's awesome, man. I mean, Daniel's called diapers has big components, worship, and specific communication. I think that communication is very, very key in marriage. I think communication, you know, it builds trust and it builds and it, and it helps so we don't misunderstand each other. Yeah. And I think to me, those two things in a relationship are very, very key. Trusting, but also the thing that can kill a marriage is misunderstanding. Yes. Yeah. And I think that the more and more, you know, we communicate with each other, you know, we learn that that can grow and grow. Yeah, we are. And I think the more and more we learn, just communicate with one another, no matter what it is, it's a uh, it'll destroy misunderstanding. Yes. Times, you know, yeah. I wish every marriage like, hey, I thought you said this, like that's not what I meant, but okay, you know, you, 
it, you know, it happens sometimes, but that's why communication is key because it does destroy misunderstanding, but also it builds trust. And that's very important in a relationship and a marriage is because trust is so important. And I think the more when you communicate with each other, it builds that trust because, like, you're communicating, like, just like with Jesus, you know, the more we talk, the more we talk, what happens? I get to know him, my trust grows, yeah. why is that communicating with him daily? Same thing with my wife, I get to know who she is. Like, we always talk about it's hard to uh, trust someone you don't know. Yeah. You know, it's very hard. Yeah. And I think that's why communication is key in marriage because I'm telling you, it's always important to trust one another no matter what happens in marriage. Like, hey, especially finances. Like, hey, can you trust me making this financial decision? Trust me, you know? And of course, it just comes with, you know, communicating with each other, getting to know each other more and more. And, but I think the misunderstanding, it's, it's very important to destroy that in a marriage because, you know, that can really cause a lot of arguments, a lot of bickering, whatever. It can because you misunderstand one thing. And of course, intimacy are both ways. Jesus, you know, it's always important. I think worship is intimacy. Yeah. You know, we see that the woman at the well, you know, her problem yeah. was what? Marriage problems. Yeah. And the cure for marriage problems was what? Jesus gave her a revelation of worship. <laughs> yeah. You know, he didn't say, hey, let me bring you to this marriage class and let's learn about whatever. But her, her you know, the cure, whatever you want to say, the advice <laughs> Jesus gave her yeah. for having been with what five men was, yeah. exactly. worship and spirit and truth. Yeah. And I think it's important. Once again, truth, being authentic with one another, you know. Uh, but anyway, I just think it's very important that our intimacy is worship, I believe, and to be with Jesus daily, uh, it's a daily surrender. I think it's very key in marriage, surrendering your life, but also surrendering your life to them and knowing, you know, like, this is both of us now, we're living together, you know, we're doing life together, this isn't just me now, everything I do dictates our family, and I think that's it's surrendering my life, you know, to Jesus, but also surrendering to the people that he's called me to be with as a family. That intimacy, of course, is always amazing. It's you know, just being real, right? Let's be real. That's very important. You know, I think that's very key in a church today. Just, you know, that's a very key thing there. It really is being truly intimate with one another in the bedroom. And I truly believe it's a gift that God's given marriage. It's a gift that he's given marriage, being intimate with one another like that. You know, and of course, I think, you know, it's really good. And I think it's the enemy has tried perverting that so bad yes. in the world today. Yeah. In the younger generation, exactly. uh, we all know that type of intimacy, making yeah. love like that, is for covenant. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, but it's a gift. I truly believe God's given covenant to you know this relationship on earth to your bride and you know, bridegroom and all that. But uh, it's, 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 it's it's amazing gift. It's fun. <laughs> but yeah, I just believe that. I believe communication is key like that. Worshiping intimacy with Jesus is very key. It holds everything together because without that, I'm, I'm not going to develop fruits of the spirit. You know, you need the fruit of the spirit in marriage. You need joy, you need peace, you need to grow in forgiveness, mercy, grace. And I think that's where it comes with Jesus, you know. Without them, you won't be able to truly, I won't be able to truly reflect that fruit of the spirit someday. Yeah. So, yeah. And like you say, communication is the key. Yeah. Because, uh, like she was saying, she was in Bubba and I was in Orange. We talked for what, four months? I was in Orange and Bubba. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But we talked the other day, so we got to know each other better before I got to see her. And then, you know, we just, she told me about her, and I told her about me, and I told her what I liked and didn't like, and, and what I was going to put up with and what I wasn't. You know, it wasn't no bossy move, you know, I'm just telling her how I feel. Like I said, my parents, they all, all the time. 
they would go out to the club on the weekend, and I would beg my mama not to go. We'd be in that sleep, she'd come back home, they'd come back. And you like seven or eight, you know, nine. You hear all that screaming, oh, you scared. Mm-hmm. You know, to get up and they in there fighting and stuff, cursing and all this screaming. You be scared to move because you don't know what's going to be. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. So like I told you, we, we're not going to argue, we're not going to fight. Don't touch me, and I won't touch you, and that, you know, if you mad at me, just walk off and leave. Don't hit me. Because if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back, and then that's going to be a over for you. So we communicated, we got everything out the way, and when I seen it, everything was fine. And I talked to the kids all, all day, every day, so it was just like everybody was friends. And then when I started staying together, moving in, and Everything just fell in place. I never had no misunderstanding, no arguments, no nothing. It was like we had a whole new family. And it's still like that. I want to, um, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I just want to comment on the intimacy, intimacy side. Um, when you talked about the generation today, it just blows my mind because so many people, you know, they get married today and next week they divorce. Or no, mm. I don't love them no more. You know, I, you know, you're not the right one. I'm going back to my baby daddy, or you know, something like that. Yeah. When you have that relationship with God, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. Stephanie's been saying this all week, falling in love with Jesus all over again. That's that's the daily thing. When you have that intimacy with Jesus Mm -hmm. and you do the same thing with your husband, let me tell you something. Me and my husband, we laugh at each other one time. We be ready for our break. We look in there, we go to our hotel. We like, oh, we gonna do this, we gonna do that. Man, we be having everything planned out. Guess what we do? <laughs> Dead to the world. But guess what? We in each other's arms. And that's our intimacy right there. That right there has made our weekends, made our days. We, I mean, sweet, just as glowing and smile. You know, it's just like being in the arms of Jesus. You got to know what the real intimacy is when you go to that word. And when you know what it is, it's not what y'all doing today. It's not what's going on today. You putting all your business in, on, on, on the book and the gram and all this stuff and everybody and their mom know your business and all that. The Bible tells you what goes on in your bedroom stays in your bedroom. The bedroom is not the problem. That's between you and your spouse. That's how God meant for it to be. Not nobody else, no third party, no fourth party, no. None of that. And that's why a lot of marriages really don't make it in that part because they never had it. Mm. And I'm just being real. When When me and my husband got together, I was married previously. I didn't know what that was. He had to teach me. He had to help me. And I had to go to the Word. 
Because he, he, he was touching, he wanted to hold me in the public and hug me and kiss me. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. He watched me, by the way. You know, all that. You know, and he said, baby, I love you. I, that's not, that's just how I show you. know, if I, if I, if I see what like, you know, come to you, I want to hug my wife when I see you. I don't care where you at. You know, and people don't understand. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't see that as a child. So I didn't know, and I wasn't taught it. But when he told me he had to sit down and say, baby, this is why I do this, this, and that. And so I had to go to the work to understand what intimacy was really about. And then when I had that own, my own um, encounter with the Holy Spirit, mm. man, <laughs> <laughs> that alone will make you want to stay in the ring. You know what I'm saying? So you just have to, it's, it's, it's all about the Trinity. That triangle, the Trinity. When you keep God in every single thing, mm -hmm. it, he never said it was easy. He never said it. He never said it's a word. It's your thing easy. But guess what? It's possible. All we got to do is just say, keep, keep saying good morning. And thank you, Jesus, for another day. It's awesome that you're talking about covenant because in the word it says, like, he loved us and he formed us and he thought about us before, even the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And so, and it even talks about, like, a lot of like, marriages, they, they, they fail and they walk away from each other. I mean, it's hard. And it's like, look what Jesus did for us, exactly. you know? And it's, it's amazing because it's like, he left the 99 for the one. One. That's it. And that it's even is. whenever, yeah. you know, whenever we didn't know him, we were running from him, but he was still chasing us. That's it. Because he loved us unconditionally. That's and it. so that's amazing about covenant that you're talking about. And I also want to say something else, too. Um, my husband covered on trust and communication. And it says in the word, like, trust in him and lean not on our own understanding. So even when it's like, when things, like, we don't understand, we don't know how the outcome is. It's like, Lord, I'm still going to trust you. Exactly. And so whenever, like, between me and my husband, like, making, like, financial decisions, it's like, hey, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you because exactly. I know you're going to make the right decision. Exactly. And so it's, like he was saying earlier, like, the covenant between between Jesus and his bride is, yeah. like, the perfect picture of what covenant is yeah. between a, a husband and a wife. That's right. That's right. You know, just today, my daughter uh and my son, they were going to pick out some furniture. My son was joking. He said, I'm making an executive decision. <laughs> it was so funny. She's like, now, honey, you know, we don't make executive decisions without each other. You know, but it was just so funny how he was joking with her, and she, she was so calm. You know, but in some incidents like that, it can come out to a whole big, drawn-out argument. You know, because he was joking with her and she could have taken it the wrong way. You know, but it's things like that that people, you they don't understand. You know, it's, it's, it's humor is what it is. But, you know, for him to say, I make an executive decision, a man picking out furniture, you know. And <laughs> I just thought that was funny, him saying that, and she was like, I got to hurry up and get over there. I was like, yes, girl, we got to hurry up and get you over there. 
you know, but it's things like that in relationships, you know, that make it last, last because you can laugh and, and do things like that. Um, and it's, it's all in the love component, you know. It's all about trust and knowing your spouse and knowing um, when, when to be serious and when you can joke with them and things like that. Before we move on, Alex, we'll share that worship part again, man. Like, the word says, like, you know, I believe it's in Romans 12, 1, I believe. Uh, it just says how, like, you're a daily living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing in your marriage, man. Like, you, you have to sacrifice, you know, things for your marriage, for your life, for your mm-hmm. kids, you know. And I think that's very important. It's like live that type of lifestyle still for your family sometimes. Just always be willing to sacrifice yeah, that's true love. Yeah, right. Right. That's true love. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true love. You know, sacrifice and things, you know. And, but anyway, yeah, that's really good. All right. All right. That, is, that was the making of a power couple. Great, great discussion. So we're going to take a little game break. And this game is called I Know My Husband. All right. So... In this game, what it is, is I'm going to ask. <laughs> Don't get nervous. So, I'm going to ask the wives a question about their husband. And they're going to answer it to the best of their ability. All right? No pressure. No, no. All right. <laughs> so the first question is, who do your husband look up to? Jesus. I mean, straight, straightforward. Like, he looks up to Jesus and Jesus alone. That's one thing that I admire the most about him, is looking up to him. I'm not saying he don't. Um, he's getting there. He's getting there. Um, he has a, a close friend, like a brother to him, um, that he looks up to, and they talk. They pray a lot together, and, and they talk a lot. Um, and I love their relationship because um, they they talk when they talk. They encourage and build each other and not tear each other down. Um, and um, I love that about them because they both are married to um, save wives. And and my husband say, and his his best friend is saying, I'm, I'm speaking that. We're speaking that and we're trusting and believing in God. And so we I can tell the difference, um, you know, how God has shaped him and has moved him because if you knew my husband 22 years ago, for him to be sitting where he is now, live, talking in front of people, no. It's, it's definitely God. 
So I know God is moving in him, around him, and doing a great thing. Definitely. That's awesome. Number two. What experience do your husband not want to miss or that or that he's proud of? One experience that he do not want to miss in life or that he's proud of? You said proud of? Proud of. Experience. I would probably say I'm a grandchildren. Um, once you become a mama and a papa like us, we have 10 going on in that you know, um, that's just my opinion. I mean, because I look at him with things with our grandchildren, and his face lights up when they come around. You know, and um, just the way, just the way his face lights up. You know, not saying that it don't light up when you see me, of course. It's, it's still bad. <laughs> but it's just something about being home on the call. You know, and we don't like missing things, like even their birth. We're there at their birth. We're there at their birthdays, whatever they have here in school. Anything. When they call on Mama and Papa, we do our best to get there because it makes them happy. And when they're happy, we're happy. It's not always about what you buy and what you give them. It's about your presence. Your presence. Not your presence. But your Um, and I tell him all the time, you know, 
the man know the Bible more than that, better than I do. Backwards and forwards. And I tell him all the time, I say, you know this word all the time. Get up and, you know, and he'll, he'll, he'll tell people about it. He knows it and we study it, talk about it all the time, but he, he gets so shocked. But, you know, we know Peter had a speaking element. And God used him. So we know if God can use him, he can use anybody. And I know that um, it has been prophesied to my husband several times, more than once. And I think he knows it. He's just a little afraid. But once he knows that God has him and um, start walking in his calling, it's going to be all right. Come on. All right. All right. That was, I know my husband. All right. Hey, you going now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. Right. So we're going to go ahead and move into our next topic, the, me the message of marriage. The first message of marriage is it is a process. It's not just an event. It is not just something you do. It is a process. It is a process into the components. It is a process of intimacy. It's a process of worship. It's a process of communication. It is a process. You want me to go first? Yeah. <laughs> it is a process, uh, you know, because it's hard, you know, when you're married to somebody and you got to, like when we first started, I had to learn her. Like she said, she has never been intimate in public. And she wrote this book, excuse me, she wrote this book about her life. And I had to put all that in respect too. Because, you know, there's certain things I can come up and do to her and certain things I can't. Especially like when we in bed at night. I do you know how some men is, you know, they just want to go in there and jump on that wire to make love to them. Don't care. That's not right. You got to, you know, you both got to want to do it. Even though you're married, you still got to want to do it. Because mm -hmm. if she said, no, I'm not ready or I'm not in the mood, fine. But some people, you know, they don't have that understanding. But like her, you know, I have to learn her, her ways. And it's just, it's a, it's a process, you know, because I have to learn her ways. Learn what to do, what not to do, what what to say, what not to say. And like I say, I have to give in a lot. Because mm -hmm. if you love somebody, it's a 50 50. And that's, that's how it is for me and her. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, man. The process. And it's always a process, really, marriage. But, uh, I think too, it's like the process is like, you know, reminds me of David. He got a prophetic word to be king, and then the next 15 years bless him with the process. Mm -hmm. And I think it's in the process truly where you see, like, once again, like, your true love for your spouse. Because it is in the process where things, where exposure comes. Yeah. You know, things get exposed, maybe. You know, things like, hey, I didn't know, you, you know, whatever, you do this or something. I like doing that, or you do that, you know, whatever it could be. I think in the process, things do get exposed. But at the same time, that's why, once again, it's in the process where character is built in the marriage, where love is built in the marriage, you know, where maturity comes in the marriage. There's so much that comes into the process. It's just like I said, like a walk with Jesus through the air. Like the process happens. That's where the exposure happens. I think the most I keep hearing that word. 
you know, that's where, you know, that happens the most. The ugliness you want to say sometimes. You know, the things, you know, that aren't set out, you know, with everybody, you know, it's the things that do happen behind closed doors. And it, it, but at the same time, like I said, that the process so is so important. Because like I said, that is truly where I think your love is tested for your, for your spouse yeah. in the process. That's where you're sure, like, do you truly love them? Or, you know, what are, you know, or just, you know, I have joy in this marriage, or am I always angry or something, you know, whatever it could be. You know, but it's in the process when a marriage becomes mature, it becomes great, but yeah, I think the process is always important. So, so talking about a marriage as a process, uh, I want to get into the process of commitment and challenges. Like, um, I heard y'all talk where oftentimes, like, what Dennis said, that marriage is hard and some challenges arose <clears throat> that if you're not committed, you won't stay in it, right? So, can y'all talk on some challenges that y'all been through and how y'all overcame it? I can definitely um, help you talk on that. Um, three years ago, um, I caught COVID and um, it almost wiped me out. It pretty much attacked every organ in my body. Um, and I was on my deathbed. Um, and when it came to commitment and, um, what's the other one you see? Challenging. Challenging. It was definitely bad. Um, I was paralyzed. I was in the hospital for six months. I was incontinent. I couldn't talk, I couldn't walk, I couldn't feed myself, I couldn't do nothing. And um, it started out with him on one floor being sick with COVID and myself on the other floor. He was doing good and they were giving up on me. And um, this man got out the hospital, came to my bedside, did not leave when it was time for him to go back to work, drove back and forth to Orange every single day, went to work, got off work, came back to the hospital in Fort slept on a couch for four months, nonstop, took care of me, whatever it was. If that's not commitment, I don't know what it is. You know, um, on top of that, I had to go to three rehabs, learn how to walk again, talk, do everything, just like a newborn baby, all over again. Um, with that being said, I still have challenges that I have to deal with. And I just told him, um, just the other day, just last week, I said, sometimes I feel like I'm a burden on my family because of my health challenges that COVID has put me through. And he looked at me, he said, you don't have to um, Because the things, you know, I have to carry around to help me breathe and um, different things I have to take at different times or whatever. Um, he, he said, I don't care if I have to pack the whole house up. Whenever we go on somewhere, we're not gonna just sit in this house. I'm gonna do just that because I love you. That's not on a commitment. To me, that's very challenging, but that's 
112% committed. You know, and mentally that did something to me. But to hear him say that, and not only say it, but do Because this man here, this is my hero. You know, God's my everything, but this is my hero. You know, he he does so much. Him and my, my whole family, my children, my daughter-in-laws, my father, my son-in-law, they, they take such good care of me. My great friends out here in the audience, I have some great people that take such good care of me. And I know I'm blessed. I know I'm blessed because... You know, just like they say, it takes a village to raise children. It takes a village when you have an element or some challenges that you're going through in your life. It takes a village because it's not easy when you're used to doing for yourself and going places and doing everything. And you end up working in a nursing home and then you become a patient, become a patient. Come on now. That 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 do something to anybody's mind. You know, so I definitely say when it comes to commitment and challenges, he definitely has that man. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> been a challenge. Yeah, I mean, if anything for us to get right now, if anything we've challenged before, it's just sometimes finances. Mm-hmm. That that could be something and uh yeah, I think uh, commitment too. I look at that just another word being devoted to something. And, you know, I look at that because it's very important. It's like without commitment, you know, those challenges will always tear you down. Oh, yeah. But with devotion and commitment to one another, those challenges are stepping stones. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. They're just stepping stones to grow more. You know, we've been talking all night, but ultimately it just, you know, boils down to, to your relationship with Jesus. Yeah, we're devoted to just each other, not Jesus. Those challenges will, you know, ruin us. We will get angry, frustrated, like, why is this happening? What's going on? And, you know, all these things will start happening. But once again, just us being together, you know, loving Jesus together, loving Jesus when we care one on one, you know, and those, those challenges that we face, we're able to be devoted to each other and not just once again look at each other and point fingers. But instead, we're able to, instead of, you know, since we're committed to each other and Jesus, when the challenges come, we don't point fingers, but instead we just, you know, lift up our hands. Yeah. You know, we lift up our hands, we, you know, bow our knees, we just worship, praise, wherever we can do, encourage one another. We try to laugh, and sometimes, yes, it can be hard, but we just practice what we preach, just give a sacrifice of praise. But that's what comes with commitment, though. You're devoted to each other. We don't point fingers, but instead, you know, we raise our hands. And I think that's very, very important to be devoted to one another, like I said, because truly deny God love. I mean, yeah. it just kind of comes to that, really. If you're not devoted to one another, committed to one another, I guess those wedding vows really didn't mean anything, you know. So I think they say that, you know, sickness, health, all yeah. those things. Yeah. It says it for a reason. You know, you're going to be devoted to your spouse That's no matter true. what. But at the same time, when you're devoted to Jesus, it's a lot easier yeah. to be devoted to your spouse. So it's true. one you always show you, know, but when you're in love, though, with each other, it's a lot easier to be devoted to one another. But yeah, God's good. I do want to add something to what he was saying about challenges. It's, it's also, like when you're faced with challenges, it's also about how you're going to look at the situation. So 
as far as like financially, there was a place in our in our life from the beginning where financially was hard, and uh, and it's like, hey, I don't know what we're gonna make. We got canned corn, we got babies, <laughs> but you know what? And I was like, I told my husband too. I was like, hey, this is gonna teach me how to get creative with meals. You know, like. It's just all about perspective and how you're going to look at the situation and be grateful, grateful for it all. Yeah. It changes, it changes. It also helps your heart, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sure does. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the, this next part of the message of marriage is, this was a new message that I received. It, it's not, it's fresh, not always new. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? It's fresh, not always new. Um, so when it comes to marriage, it, it doesn't always have to be something new. You just be fresh. For, for what I, and as I've been hearing these couples talk, I've been hearing it. Um, for, for when uh, Jazzy Joe said, when they go out and spend time together, they don't always do something new. They just go to sleep. It's just a freshness. Mm -hmm. Marriage isn't about buying the new, isn't about getting the new, isn't about being new. It's about being refreshed in Christ. That's right. That's right. So when I heard that, I'm like, oh, this is good. So um, I, I, I wanted to bring it to them, and I wanted to hear their side of it, now that they understand even more. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you're talking about the first if you want. You're talking about the first one. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's like you say, when we leave and mm -hmm. you go stay in a hotel, it's like we live in Obama now. Mm -hmm. We go to Orange and get a hotel and just stay there. Mm -hmm. You know, just something to do. Cut the phones off and it just be me and her. And we just, just get a refreshed course because. People call you phone all day long. So you just get a good good vibe. You ain't got nobody disturbing you. Mm -hmm. You just you and her. And that's it. And that's what we do a lot. We call it a a staycation. Or we'll go to Lake Charles and pick a room and just hang out the weekend out there mm -hmm. and come back home. That's awesome. We try to refresh once we get these kids. Nah, man, I can look at that too, man. Like, uh, you know, it's true. It's like being simple sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like being so simple, not always trying to find it that new, looking at do something, like striving for something. But God's like, it's very simple. It's here, you know, it's just something fresh, be refreshed. You know, it's like, it's kind of like, but I, after whatever you said that to me, that word, that's all I thought about was just being simple. Mm -hmm. Just being simple on marriage, you know, sometimes. You can always bring the greatest breakthrough, you mm -hmm. can bring the greatest romance, whatever it could be. Just keeping it simple sometimes. And, uh, but at the same time, sure, you don't always want to go with the trend. Yeah. That's it. It's not always about that. That's it. Going with the trend sometimes in marriage, but just always keeping it simple. Just you know, loving each other, loving Jesus, like you're saying, they just go orange, you know. Sometimes keep it simple, but at the same time, it's refreshing. Sometimes at the same time, it's just something fresh. So, yeah. Well, sometimes we just stay at home and cut the phones off. 
Watch movies on Netflix all day. Watch the Netflix series. You watch it all day. You get home all day. What do you do all day? Come on. You on one side or the other side? Yeah. But don't let it be like one night we watch the TV and the phone keep ringing. <laughs> when an hour 30, 15 minute movie lasts three hours. Because mm. the phone keep ringing all the time. Turn that phone off. And you relax. So that was the message of marriage. So we're going to take another game break. All right. Now this game is the, the, the name of the game is familiar, but it, it has, it's, it's has a twist to it. So the name of the game is the two become one. All right. So we we gonna we we've been getting to know the Rubens and the Acevedos a little bit more, but with this game we're gonna really know them even more. All right. So in this game I'm gonna ask each spouse three questions about one another, and they're gonna ask they're gonna answer the question like their spouse will answer. All right. Yeah. Two shall become one. Okay. All right. So, so the way we're gonna do this, we're gonna go individual. Who wants to go first? We always go first. We're gonna let y'all go first. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So, David, what adjective best describes your wife on her wedding day? Your wife on your wedding day. That's the best one that you said? Everything. I'll just say that. Ours are beauty man, stunning, sexy. <laughs> but but you, you have to answer like she'll answer. That's all right. It is all right, of Number two, what is your wife's biggest shopping addiction? <laughs> right now, I mean, thanks for our baby. Mm -hmm. <laughs> thanks for our babies. Honestly, I really love the clothes. And the final one is Oh, when did your wife realize you were the one? I think she'll answer this one. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I remember I told her, like, to be honest, I was telling her, like, when I'm really texting her mm -hmm. a lot frequently, <laughs> she was like, okay, <laughs> you know, more and more, but there's probably two, whatever, one day, like, I remember I was like, I remember there the day I'm like, I need to call you tonight and tell you something or ask you something. Mm -hmm. And of course, as you as we did that, she was like, I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> so that dude. Yeah. Well, we didn't have to like yes. <laughs> Exact same dream about each other. Oh wow! That's how we knew it was more. 
Mr. Dennis. All right, number one, what is your wife's guilty pleasure? What is her guilty pleasure? Mm -hmm. Buying purses. <laughs> <laughs> we got a whole bunch of purses. I hope you buy another purse. <laughs> All right, number two, what's something that always makes your wife laugh? Me. Saying stupid stuff like I just did, but I always try to make her laugh all the time. Mm -hmm. okay. And the final one is who is your wife's mentor? I would have to say Jesus too, like she did. Because she always prays. She falls asleep praying. <laughs> she be in that bed, I'm listening to her. Wake up. First question is, what is the weirdest birthday gift your husband ever gave you? Oh, <laughs> you want us to answer that? Don't say this like fake, fake dude. Like, oh my God. You get like gag gifts sometimes, a birthday gift. Yeah. Like you get a funny gift, you know, be a serious one. So yeah, that, I would say that was probably the weirdest one. So your husband has a day off, right? Uh -huh. And the house is empty. How would he spend the day? Playing football. <laughs> Playing, uh, well, there's Madden, mm -hmm. video game, football, video game, and that's definitely how he would spend Number two. Oh, this is, my, my bad, number three. <laughs> number three. All right. So, this might be a little hard. What is your husband's favorite song? Mm, that is a hard one. Oh, I don't know. Because he has a lot of favorite songs. But I would say Dove's Eyes by Rick Eaton. I would say that's one of them. Okay. Yeah. So. Is that right? Is that one of them? Okay, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Joe. Number one, okay. When and where did y'all have your first kiss? question so you're you're going to the store mm -hmm. and your husband asks you to pick some up something he don't say what it is 
He says, you know what I want? Pick it up for me. Red and the final question what song do your husband love to listen to we have a song our song I'm trying to think of the name. I know who said it. First name is Tiger. Am I saying right, baby? You understand? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have, hey. Hey, Mr. Sexy Man. That's our song. And um, it, it's special to us, really, really special to us. Because when, um, like I told y'all, when I was sick and in the hospital, um, I can't remember who was there visiting me. Was it my sister? And um, I just started being able to move. And she and Dennis said he was there. She had came to Houston and spent probably almost a week or two, maybe longer than that, to give him a rest to go home. And he he doesn't stop to come. He still came every day. And so um, she was like, I, I need to see a smile on your face. You got you cheer up. And she put uh, she had called one of the kids and said, What's your mom and dad's favorite song? And she had put that song on. And he took my hand. And dance with me while I was in the bed. And that just made my day. You know, so even our grandchildren, they know that song. So when we come around or whatever, we actually, you know, we're having fun with the kids or whatever, dancing at the house. They say, put my mom and papa song on. Let's dance. Let's dance. And, you know, that's showing them intimacy in front of them. So let them know this is how you should be treated. Mm. If you ever have a husband, when you ever get a husband or a wife or start with dating, this is how you should be treated. And I think it's important for us to show our children things so they'll know it. And when they go out there and start dating, my, my old pastor, bless his heart, he's dead and gone, he, he would always tell us, don't be a hamburger girl, be a steak girl. You know, so in other words, make sure you get the treat the right way. So. Okay. All right. All that for a song. I mean, that's just, that's just how. So, I like how you answer that. So, I have a question for the Oscar real quick. What are, what is your song? Do you have song? It's a repeat song, and it's called, uh, what was that? It said, my love? Yeah, I think so. Kissed by Jesus. Kissed by Jesus. Kissed by Jesus. Yeah. Kissed by Jesus. Repeat. All right. 
That was the two shall become one. All right. Now we're going to move into our final topic, and that is couples in the Bible. All right. So the first couple in the Bible, the first couple many people don't know of, many people do, but is. in my head how to sign how you say that Hosea Hosea and Gamar Hosea and Gamar right so this couple in the Bible when when God gave me this couple I, I, I was like God why this couple what what what's going on with this couple and what God told me was matter of fact it's Hosea chapter 3 verse 1 Verse 1 reads, Then the Lord said to me, Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the love that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and worship to love them. And love to worship them. So The reason God revealed this love, this couple to me is for two reasons. One, to illustrate the love God has for us. Even though we ran from him, even though we denied him, even though we don't didn't know him, even though we worshiped other gods, he still loved us. That's number one. The other one is when you love your spouse, you don't love, you don't hate them because of their past. You don't run away from them because of their past. You don't shut them out because of their past. You love them despite their past. You love them because God gave them to you for a reason. I mean, that's kind of, you know, honestly, about this story about, you know, just relationships, you know, spouses and stuff like that. And also just forgiveness, man. I think that's another big thing, you know, always forgiving one another, forgiving no matter what's happened, never hold grudges. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing in marriage, you know, not holding offense toward what they did to you, offenses or what they've done. But instead, it's about forgiveness. So like you said, it's once again the picture of Jesus to us. I mean, everything, no matter what we've done, Jesus forgave us. And once again, we love him well. You can love your spouse well, and he would teach you that to forgive, you know, the offenses and grudges, whatever it could be. And I love to, like, not just that, when, you know, when that happened, when the Lord told him to do what, you know, to, to you know, the wife and all that, like, the place was redeemed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's just what it's about. It's about redemption. You know, it's about things like that. No matter what happened to your past, you know, you can look at that with your spouse. There's always going to be this redemption coming. There's going to be something greater coming from your past. You know, instead of holding it against them, you're now able to like basically use it now as a testimony mm-hmm. of power. 
a testimony of breakthrough, a testimony of love, forgiveness. Now that's kind of, you read that and look at the eyes of Mary, you see like you're saying, your past is no more, but it's a testimony. And, uh, but also forgiveness, no hold grudges, no offenses, no matter what they've done. But that comes to, once again, you know, you gotta love Jesus and you'll be able to help him with that. I was excited when I read that scripture. <laughs> you know how that did be. Um, the first word that they came to me was mercy. You know, um, we want God to have mercy on us. But we're quick to not have mercy on Oh no, I can't forgive him. I can't forgive her. She, but she cheated on me. But he cheated on me. Oh no, I can't forgive that. You know, Oh, he stepped out on me. Oh, she did this. Oh, oh, but you don't know how bad that hurt me. But God, please forgive me for my sin. Mm. Lord, I repent. But you can't give mercy to the person sitting next to you or sleeping next to you. God got a problem with that. How God said, don't be, don't just be Egypt. We we how can we, you know, God gave them mercy. So he was making an example out of Hosea to show the Israelites if if he can have mercy and forgive his wife, Mm -hmm. I can do the same thing with you all, no matter what I'm doing with y'all. I'm giving y'all man every day. I'm making a way for y'all every day. I'm giving y'all water to eat. I'm telling y'all, don't be greedy. Just eat, just eat to get full. You know what's going to happen if you try to stuff it in your pocket. But yet you turn around and make an eye to God. Turn out and deliver you from the pits of hell. And you want to worship somebody else? Not even a person, but an eye to God. Something that you have melted down and made. But I get love. Without love, you can't have mercy. So no matter what Hosea had to be obedient to God mm-hmm. in order to show the Israelites the right thing to do. Yeah. I also think it shares too like how people look at your marriage. Mm-hmm. Like how people yeah. truly can't see yeah. Jesus through your marriage. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's deep. Deep. Yeah. yeah. The next couple in the Bible, Ruth and Boaz. Now, here, I kind of thought I knew where God was going to go with this one. But what what God wants us to understand with this couple is that Ruth didn't go look, wasn't going looking for a husband. Mm-hmm. She she wasn't going searching. Mm-hmm. She, matter of fact, the story of Ruth is plain is is really deeper. Yeah. Because Ruth was married and to Naomi's son. Uh-huh. Naomi lost her husband mm-hmm. and then later she Ruth lost her husband. Mm-hmm. So And uh, Naomi had two sons, 
and they both married two women. And she lost her husband and both her sons. Mm -hmm. And when she lost both her sons, she told the women that they should go back to their family. Mm -hmm. And one of the one of the women left and went back to her family, but Ruth said, I am here for a purpose, so I'm gonna stay with you. That's it. And when she stayed with Naomi, she was helping Naomi live. She she went to go get food in the fields. Mm -hmm. So she stayed in purpose. Mm -hmm. She stayed with Naomi. And as she was helping Naomi go and get food out of the field, that's when Boaz seen her. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. I, I love this part. Because we, we just talk about how Ruth and Boaz got together and we speak on Ruth's side, uh -huh. but what most people don't talk about is Boaz's side. What, what, what happened with Boaz, when Boaz seen Ruth, he didn't go talk to her. Uh -huh. He didn't go try to buy her these, buy different things. Mm -hmm. What Boaz did was he asked around about her. And when Boaz asked around about her, that, that he received good news, good reports, and all these things. And then, and then he went to her. So, the scripture a lot of people use is when a man finds a wife, he finds a good man. Right? When a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. So, two parts to that scripture. The first part, everyone knows. A man finds his wife, he finds a good thing. And there's favor in it. Check it out. Yeah. That's number one. Uh -huh. Number two, the wife knew she was a wife. Mm -hmm. And the only way she knew she was a wife was because she knew her identity. Yeah. Not identity of the world, not identity of culture, but identity from the creator. Because culture did not make a wife. Culture did not make marriage. Culture, society did not make it. God made it. So when, when, when women know God, when women know their creator, they know that they're a wife. Mm -hmm. Not to serve, not just to serve, not just to submit, but to love, to nurture, to grow. Yeah, just to just show you once again, I do believe, like, no matter what, before you get married to anybody, I do, I do yeah. believe, like, your identity needs to be in Jesus. Yeah. You know, once again, not trying to find somebody, and then that's yeah. how I got my identity now. That's yeah. how I'm married to do get messed up. You know, I think I, when I find this person, that's when everything's going to take off for me when I reach out to Jesus now. But, you know, but I think, you know, don't get me wrong, there's some things you do find out. 
But I just believe sometimes, you know, once you're going back to the story, that you're single watching, you know, and it's important to find your identity in Jesus. Yeah. Let him lead you, you know, wherever you are, he's she, but like, you know, let him lead you and just, you know, truly just keep being with him daily. Mm-hmm. You know, keep being with him daily. Keep falling in love with him daily. Because like I said, I do believe, like, you know, like you said, you find it, it's a good thing. But once again, when you're not rooted in Jesus, he might not be so good. <laughs> you know, but... Once again, though, I just really, this story, that part, I really just want to share that for, like, the single people out there. Again, they're, you know, single, whatever, but, you know, just find your identity in Jesus. You know, let him be your first love, no matter what. Let him become your first love, and then no matter what happens, if you're at the right place, at the right time, you know, type yeah. thing, God will lead you to that right person. You don't have to go find it. That's kind of what that shares you. You don't have to go find it. You know, it'll all be the Lord's will. It'll all be the Lord's way. You know, for that marriage to happen, because marriage is very important to God. That He just doesn't want something, you know, but He will, He will orchestrate it, just like everything else. And I think mean, that's what that story shows you. If you're single, you're looking at God will orchestrate your marriage. Yeah. He will set it up. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to strive to try to make something happen, but instead, He will orchestrate it <clears throat> as you find your identity in Him. Like that. That was awesome. You just took the words. You just took the words. But when I think of Ruth, the first word came to my mind's favor. Um, You know, Ruth didn't leave her mother-in-law because she had a purpose. Mm -hmm. And when you know your purpose, and we all have a purpose here on earth. Mm -hmm. God didn't just birth us just to be bench warmers, is what I call it. He, everybody here has purpose that's on earth. And Ruth knew her purpose. That's why she didn't go back to her mother and father. She stayed with Naomi for a reason. And when God, what God has for you, it is for you. And what I love about Boaz is he didn't go saying, oh, who is that thing? You know, that's something new, you know, fresh meat or whatever. He made sure not only was she taken care of, Mm -hmm. but her mother-in-law was taken care of. Whatever she needed. Mm -hmm. He said, oh no, don't don't let her get the crumbs. Put her in the right place. Don't let her go to that table. Mm -hmm. Put her at the good table. You know, put her in the big field. Give her whatever she needs. Let her drink out the good cup. You know what I'm saying? So he saw who she was and what she was before he approached her. So so he was already working his jelly bean. You you know what I mean? He was already working. So in relationships, you know, like my husband said, you have to know your spouse. If you know that's not what they like or don't like or it triggers them because of some things they went through or not, you're not going to do that. You're not going to push that button. You know that's not the wrong button. Why would you push that button if you know that's an alarm button? <laughs> alert, alert, alert. And so Boaz, Boaz went to it at the right way, at the right time. And like you say, God put us in the right place. Hey, it ain't the people. He puts us in the right place. What God has for you, 
It is for you. Can't no man take it away. So God already knew what he had for her. She just had to make sure she found the right person to get what he had for her. So she not only had favor, but she was obedient. And we all know what God said about obedience. Obedience is definitely sacrifice. So she not only took it, just imagine. You take care of your mother-in-law, your husband, your husband dead. Mm -hmm. What woman you know on earth that's gonna really do something like that? Go and pick out in a cotton field or whatever field, cornfield, good and hot, sweating and everything. Come on now. Take care of somebody else's home. That's love. You know, but because of her favor and her obedience. She got just what God had for her. And she was blessed. She was blessed. Over and beyond. Faith. Oh, ain't faith now. I'm excited. Yeah. Amen. Oh, <laughs> All right. And the last couple is Abraham and Sarah. Now, now this couple. So, so I thought I was going to talk about how Abraham's the father of the nation. But God said, talk about before that. How Abraham got a prophecy from God that he will be the father of the nation. And so it went so. A lot of people skip the middle part, how he got the prophecy and the prophecy fulfilled. But the middle part is that it took too long. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And to so Abraham and Sarah. It, it took it too long for to it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And so they started to really doubt uh-huh. is this real? Uh-huh. They started to really doubt is is this really going to happen? And is this really our destination? Uh-huh. Do we really supposed to be in this thing? Uh-huh. And and when they did that, uh-huh. they started to work it out on their own. And that is where I like to call the first blended family came to Mm-hmm. And and then when God actually allowed, when God, when it was time for it to happen, it didn't look like what God showed them. Mm-hmm. So they got upset. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's in Genesis 18, if you yeah. want to um, read it and get to know what, what it's about. But, you know, what, what interests me is how we do it today. You know, um, Sarah laughed and then lied. You know, you know, we throw the rock and hide our hands. And Abraham was like, that ain't never going to happen. You know, and so if, if I'm not mistaken, 
Didn't God um, show mute Abraham? Is this the right one? That's a. Uh, Who was that? It was Abraham, huh? That was John's father. John's father. You? His father. Who was John's father? No, no, it's top of my head. Because I thought it was Abraham. What? Okay. I mean, I'll get back with the name, though. But, uh, but, but anyway, when it says here in 11, when um, now Abram, Abraham and Sarah were old and were stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of woman, therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasures? <laughs> waxed. Come on now. Waxed old. My Lord, being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which I which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? <laughs> At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied saying, I laughed not. Hmm. For she was afraid, and he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. And the men rose up from thence and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring unto Abraham that which he had spoken of him. And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. I will go down now and see whether they have gone, have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me, and if not, I will know. In other words, if God said it, you better believe God promises is real. Man promises can be broken. I don't even promise my children that. I told them I will never promise them Why? Because we always complain. We might want to desire to do this and do that, but that does not always mean we can make it happen. But when God said it, you best believe, no matter how long it takes, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, just share a few things real quick. Just share one thing. It's like, it just kind of reminds me to like what we've been talking about mm -hmm. through this whole night. And the part that I look at that is the process. Yeah, yeah, process of marriage, you know what I mean? Like, just kind of bringing it to, like, reality here. I'm like, I'll sometimes get that process again. What happened? Exposure. Mm -hmm. Exposure happens all the time, sometimes in the process of marriage. And, and, uh, and the, but also we find out the son, you know, Isaac. You know, it, it goes on, though. It shows, once again, during the process, though, their character was formed to whatever now, when it came to the point of sacrifice, he was able to do it. He was able to say, okay, I'm I'm going to do it. It's all stuff, but it goes through that process where, once again, 
his character was built up. And I think just going into reality here in marriage, you know, keep it in that marriage vein. Like, we're always made in that process. Like, are we going to stay faithful? And once again, it goes back to the day again, like, marriage, like I'm going to say, you know, marriage sometimes, though, is like, once again, like, the process of, like, how long? Like, how long is it going to take? And sometimes when our eyes are on Jesus in a, in a marriage, it doesn't matter how long it takes. You know, it doesn't matter why, because when our eyes are on Jesus, our eyes are once again worship, we're surrendered to him. I'm not after the promise. I'm after Jesus. Yeah, I'm not after the promise. I'm after Jesus. You know, and I think of the same thing in, you know, uh, relationships. Once again, it's like, what if we got married? I found out my wife, you know, can have kids, though. But once again, it could be a promise, though, of like, God said this, I'm just going to stay faithful. I believe that story, too, just is all about faithfulness in marriage. It doesn't matter what happens. You know, God does say it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But staying faithful with one another, growing in the process with one another, and then, of course, ultimately, they did get the promise. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. That are, the, that are three couples in the Bible. There's a lot more, but those are just three God pointed out tonight. So if you want to know more, you can go ahead and Google, or you can go ahead and message me, and I can let you know some more as well. Uh, so that, that is our episode for tonight. But before we leave, I, wanna, I want the couples to do one thing for me. If you can just give a, me- a message to married couples, people who want to be married, that's it. Man, I would just say, honestly, just fall in love with Jesus every day, daily, fall intimately in love with him. <laughs> he will show you what true marriage is. He will show you your, each other's hearts. He will show you direction in life. He will, you know, he's a, you know, he's a potter, you know, with a clay. He would do whatever he needs to do to make the marriage work. And I would just say once again, I know I can say this is all people always say too, like just keep falling in love with each other. No matter what happens, just keep falling in love with one another also. Do whatever it takes, you know, date each other every day, you know, be best friends. But ultimately, that just fall in love with Jesus. <laughs> just fall in love with him, man. Worship together, be together. You know, we love each other, man. Yeah. Jesus. Pretty much take all my words. <laughs> but I was going to say, you know, take your time and get to know the person before you rush in. Just take your time and get to know them. So you can find yourself and find, let them find themselves first. That's it. I would say definitely keep Jesus first. Keep Christ first. Um, in everything that you do in your marriage. Um, second, I would say, don't never give up. Don't never give up. And remember, just like seasons change, people change. So the man that you married four years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, that's not the same man. We go through seasons just like the outside world. Nature goes through seasons. So don't look for that what you married 20 years ago. Because people change just like seasons change. So that's why you should fall in love all over again each and every day. Amen. 
Amen. That is our episode for tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something. Oh, yeah. Just, just what I found out. I just Googled it, by the way. It was uh, the uh, father that God used it was Zachariah. Zachariah. Oh. There we go. <laughs> right. Okay. So, again, I want to thank everyone for watching. And I just want to let everyone know that on Thursday night, Church of Promise is having a Valentine's Day special as well. And guess what? We've been saying the title of it all, pretty much all night. It is Falling in Love with Jesus all <laughs> over again. Amen. So we had marriage, we had marriage couples with us tonight. And on Thursday, we're gonna have four singles with Apostle Mary C. Royal talking about falling in love with Jesus all over again. If you can't make it, it'll be recorded on Facebook Live. Go back and watch it. But it's Thursday at 7 p.m. You don't want to miss it. So I want to thank everyone for watching again. And to God be the glory. Y'all have an amazing Valentine's Day. Valentine's Thank you for tuning in. Whether you joined us during production, watched the recording, or listened in, we sincerely appreciate your presence and support. As we wrap up, don't forget to show some love by liking, commenting, subscribing, rating, and sharing our content. Your engagement fuels our passion to create more inspiring episodes. Explore more captivating shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or our website for a diverse range of topics and perspectives. The journey of discovery awaits you. Apple Podcasts, Into the Deep Talk Show. Spotify, Into the Deep Talk Show. Thank you for being a valuable part of our community. Remember to spread the word and share the love. Engage, support, spread the word.